What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. Thankful to have you with us. I'm Dean. With me, as always, is... Hey, guys. I'm Zach. Yes. Good to be back together. Excited for this week's pod, man. Yes. Another another great one in the books. Yes, definitely. I, I think I've admired this guest. I can just share who it is. Danielle Laporte for... As long as I've been aware of her work, I've mm. admired what she's been creating. Um, author, writer, speaker, creator. Um, she's got a series of, of, of books. Uh, her latest, How to Be Loving, As Your Heart is Breaking Open and Our World is Waking Up. Um, this was really a conversation about love, love for others, love for ourselves, how to be love, how to how to manifest and embody love, how to deal with hurt and anxiety and pain and depression and all the things that are part of the conversation of love. Uh, it was a, a deep and profound conversation, and Danielle is really connected to Source. She's yeah. you know become a student of love in many ways. She's mm. studied it. She's embodied it. She's practiced it. And she shares it. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing conversation. Um, I was, you know, feeling a little sick on the day. So my, my thought patterns were a little incoherent. But uh, on days like that, I'm so grateful to uh, <laughs> have two uh, hosts of this podcast. So uh, Dina over here really, uh, you know, pulled both of our weights through this uh, enlightening conversation. Yeah. I, I Well, I think you were you were quite... You were good. You were good, even though you you were not feeling the best. And also grateful for the platform of Zoom to be able to still have the conversation and kind of keep uh, keep everybody healthy and happy. But the um, the conversation was was really amazing. I mean, we, yeah, focused a lot on on love and how do we embody that? How do we be it? How do we understand it? Um, but really, it went in a number of really cool directions. And, and Danielle has such an eclectic kind of uh, collection of wisdom from different practices and traditions and the work that she's done and that she is embodying. And um, it was just really fun and enlightening. And I mean, she's just a beautiful source of light and love in this world. And I know um, that you are all going to really, really enjoy this episode. So if you can think of someone that you know needs a little love in their life, uh, send them the link to this one, listen along with them, have a listening party even. And uh, we know we know you're going to dig Danielle Laporte and this conversation. And she also shares a ton of awesome stuff on her Instagram. Yes. So before or as you are listening, um, check her out. Danielle Laporte uh, on IG. Give her a follow. You won't be disappointed. Uh, like I say, with all of the good and cool stuff she's sharing, it's just a it's just a supplement to to your day. Fill your newsfeed with with love and goodness. Yes, you might as well. You know, if we can choose how we feel, let's choose love. Yeah. Uh, she's got some other amazing books: The Desire Map, uh, White Hot Truth, Firestarter Sessions, which was the first one that. Um, kind of came onto my radar um they're all amazing you should definitely start with one but uh consider the whole collection yeah uh one thing that i was uh thinking about recently i saw this this great tweet and it asked the question uh when you're conversing with your your partner your loved one you know those that you live with it said how often do you talk about things that aren't uh work about your children or about 
television or about news. And it was like, I was like, oh man. Like, what else do you talk we about? Just, we just talk about our kids all the time. We talk about work all the time. We talk about the TV shows. You oh, know, you, it's you've always been getting like, into the reality show gossip. Yeah, I get, I'm getting, getting into the, the reality circle, Vanderpump rules. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Me neither, really, <laughs> but I listen about it a lot. Yeah. It's a hot conversation in our, hot our takes. I don't really know who we're talking about, but uh, juicy things are happening. Yeah. Anyways, it got me to think like, okay, this is true. These are the majority of our conversations. And it's like, where do you start to talk about matters of the soul, matters of love, matters of your purpose, matters mm. of, you know, deep process of, of our why, who we, who we truly are. We're kind of navigating these relationships with our loved ones with kind of these surface matters of, of passing events that don't really have any finite connection to ourselves. It's mm. like a, we're, we're communicating in distraction, you know? Um, so this got me thinking to just a generous plug for Daniel Laporte. She's got the How to Be Loving deck. Um, so it's literally a deck with considerations, questions, thoughts. You can take it on a date. And it's kind of has those soulful conversations. Mark Groves has a similar one. Um, I actually, I've got Mark Groves one at home. And um, it's fun, you know? There are like questions about love, questions about childhood, questions about, you know, deeper meaning. So check out Danielle's The How to Be Loving Deck so that, uh, you know, you can interact beyond distraction. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, I think that's really important in a world where we all, really I think are longing for meaningful connection that sometimes the people that we we have it with the most we spend the most amount of that time talking about things that are actually not that meaningful yes right and so yeah that's a good reminder to to dig in and 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 to do to do that work to unearth the the treasures of deep conversation yes with people that we care about and are surrounded with even for ourselves, you know, to ask ourselves these questions. Because yeah. I don't think we, okay, I say we, but I can say myself, I don't think I consider these things regularly enough. Yes. You know, why, why am I here? Why am I doing this activity? You know, yeah. am I being passive in my actions or am I being intentional? It's easy to just get caught in the busyness of life. But... um if we can take pause to ask ourselves some deeper considerations, yeah, it might just bring purpose to to everything that we do. Yeah, which is a really good point. I'm glad you said it because love is not limited to like uh, relationships, like spousal or partner relationships. Uh, it starts with ourselves, and so I think that's really important that you don't need a someone to be someone who gives and is love and needs love and all of that so that's a really really important thing i think like reading you know i'm going to sound like the teacher here but i think that's why reading is so important yes because i can find cool and inspiring things that make me think and or make me laugh on instagram or whatever the platforms that we were on but nothing makes me pause and think often about my own life as much as reading something Mm. Like sitting down with a book, you know, 
whatever it might be, something something profound, something scientific, something that's just like a story but grabs you, you know, uh, at your core because that's what stories do. And it really, really allows you to kind of enter into that space. So it's also a plug for just good old fashioned technology of books. Yes. I I like um, poetry in that sense because it's short, but it's so impactful. Like if you read some Rumi, if you read some Mary Oliver, some Richard Wagamese, you know, it takes you two minutes to read one of these poems or one of these contemplations, but it's something that you can sit with for a day, a week, a month, and just keep unraveling the context and the tapestry of of these well-considered words, you know? Yeah, yes, definitely. Get your poetry on. Get your love on. (laughs) Get your love on, people. (laughs) Love yourself, love your neighbors, love your partners, love your children. All right, well, before we we dive into the love this week with uh, Danielle Laporte, Here's a word from this week's podcast sponsor. All right. This this week's podcast was made possible by the good folks at Athletic Greens. I myself, you know, I've I consider myself a bit of a connoisseur of sorts of of supplements and wellness. And I believe that I'm really very critical of what goes into a product. Very picky. And I used to have a cabinet that had an embarrassing amount of, of supplements. I don't even want to say how much I used to spend on supplements because it's embarrassing <laughs> investing in myself. But AG1 has made it simple. Uh, their discernment for what goes into AG1 is incredible. It's from probiotics to mushrooms. It's got it's a powerhouse of over 75 you know, nutrient-dense ingredients. Um, I've been able to take a full cupboard minimize it into to one product so it's made my life easier uh, my wife loves it my kids love it um it's my it's my wake and shake baby yeah no it's good ag1 is really like one of those small micro habits with big benefits it's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself we're talking this week on the podcast about self-love sometimes it starts with just like the simplest habits and rituals that we create for ourselves and and taking ag1 is one of those things it's it's a good thing that you're doing for yourself right out of the gate right at the start of your day you're getting some hydration and you're filling your filling your system with all of those high quality ingredients and you know what we want to make it easy for you to get some for you to get yours because you need it. You're going to want it. You're going to want to feel good. You're going to want to be good. You want to get to do a little more good. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash more good. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash more good to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. There we go. Get your greens, people. On to this week's episode. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. We are very excited to be joined today by the one and only Danielle Laporte. Thank you so much for making time to be with us today. It's so fun to like be with locals. Yeah. It's great. I feel like we're a little bit related, you know, because like podcasting and local doesn't often go together, but here we are. 
Here yes. we are. Yes, we can commiserate and celebrate about the same things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I wanted to say, like, I'm so happy for your success. Like, I remember, like, Juice Truck, just, like, Gas Town, and you didn't even have the right cups when you first started. Like, all the things, you know? And now Storefront, and it's it's really great. You're making it. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that so much, Danielle. I've been uh, learning from your work for a long time, so it's uh, such an honor to be able to to connect and, and share a conversation with you. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Same. I think uh, finding ways to be a better version of myself is always something that I'm drawn to, learning how to level up or you know continue to pursue the things in my life that has served me so well. And obviously a theme that you talk on a lot is love. And so focusing and just kind of like doing some prep and getting ready to, to have this conversation with you today, um, immersing myself in this culture of seeing love, self-love, love for others, the world around us. I, it's just been such a net positive um, that even with the pouring rain today, I'm like, you know what? It's not such a bad world out there. Things are all right. You're such a Vancouver entrepreneur, net positive. We got it. Love works. Yes. The bottom line. Yeah, the ROI on love is pretty good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So one of the things uh, in in kind of, you know, diving into all things Danielle Laporte, one of the things that really, really stood out to me, you've posted it on your website and recently shared a reel about it. And it's this fun experiment. And I actually, Zach and I are both parents. I have two two girls and I know that they would absolutely love to do this. And I want to do, with, do this with them is the Apple experiment. And I just thought in terms of bringing us into this conversation, this is such a kind of fun, lighthearted, but really profound way to start. So can yeah. you share with us um, yeah. the story of the Apple experiment and then even some of the significance behind it that maybe you've learned or how that shaped the work that you do? Yeah, okay, the story, and then I'll give everybody like the actual how-to. The story is, um, I can't even remember where I learned to like do it with an Apple. But of course, this is based on Dr. Emoto's work. Uh, he's since passed where they did experiments working with water and speaking directly into different water sources or ice or snowflakes and then looking at how the vibration of that word spoken to the liquid changed the configuration of the liquid and you look at it under a microscope and all the water sources where there were positive what anybody would consider positive words love, happiness, wellness, all those things. Uh, the sources that receive that water, you just saw this cohesion and this symmetry. It's just like perfectly happy snowflakes under the microscope. Whereas the water or the ice that got the negative words, you know, fill in the blank, really fractured, you know, um, just kind of torn apart, incohesive look to it. So there's something to this. And then considering that, depending who you talk to, human beings are made of 60 to 80% water. Some people feel that women are made of more water. We certainly produce more water with childbirth, et cetera. Then it matters what we are saying to ourselves internally, silently, and out loud. It, I mean, this gets into philosophy around prayer and incantation. And, and then just like, I really love this idea, just as, being a writer and the power of, I feel like there's a, a universe in each word. Like, you know what? It's, it's not despair. It's hopelessness. Look it up. There's a difference. You know, I'm not talking about 
kindness. I'm talking about divine love. There's a difference. I love I love word economy. Love splitting hairs. Okay, so you get into the vibe. So this is what my kid and I did. Now this was about ten years ago. He's about to turn nineteen, like in a couple weeks. And out of all the things I've done, like you know, deep substantial stuff on consciousness, <laughs> love, it's the apple experiment. <laughs> <laughs> that like has gone the most quote viral overused word but so this is what we did one apple cut in two put it in separate jars and we just put saran wrap coverings on each jar or you could just do mason jar don't need water you can put them anywhere you want put them in the dark put them on your windowsill and then you're going to speak loving words into one of the apples so we left it in the kitchen. Every time we go by, we pick it up and just say, you're beautiful, you're lovely, we're cheering you on. You're so perfect, right? And then to the other apple, you basically talk smack. And now this, this is what happens with spiritual women on the path. They're just like, I can't do it. I'm so empathic. I cannot talk shit to this apple. <laughs> so to those people who I know, because I was the same way, like my kid, you know, he was nine. He loved it. He's like, you dirty, no good, <laughs> nasty apple, you know? And I couldn't bring myself to do it. But you can say things like, you're decaying, you're dying. You're just programming the apple. And what we found, and now hundreds and hundreds of people, and they're all DMing me, and every time I do this, I get the Instagram stories. You will find that the apple that you were speaking negative words into rots exponentially faster than the happy apple now some people talk about doing this with rice two different containers of rice some people say they just post they just use sticky notes or some kind of label and they just label the jars and they have the same result which is that's really extra amazing um so just imagine you know and, that, and then that brings us to like how to be loving yes <laughs> they just Yes. It's just like such a janky, you know, way to get there. But uh, I really feel I'm down for the power of words, but I'm down for, I talk a lot these days about tone, mm. the words we choose and the tone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's fascinating. Like to me, it's no wonder that like in some ways that experiment as yeah, kind of like silly and whatever as it is, is the thing that got has got so much traction. But I think because people look at it, they go like, no way. And in in some ways, yeah. it seems so shocking. Like that's that's impossible. But then when you sit with it and think about your own experiences as a human being, and you, we can all go back and replay the moments where there were words of love and affection and affirmation and positively spoken to us and over us. And we can recoll like recollect those feelings. And then likewise, we can go back and look at and remember times when things were spoken to us that were harmful, hurtful, negative, deleterious. And we're like, oh man, that made me feel this way. So like the mm -hmm. experience, the experience, we don't need an apple. We can just look within but I think that yeah. the apple is kind of this way that really right in front of us in short order shows the dramatic effect that our words and the intentions behind them can have on the people and even objects around us. It's the sweetest lesson in the universal principle that everything is energy. Yeah. Because, because once you get that, once you even start, you just play with it. I mean, you get lots of doubters who are just like, 
uh, well, was the knife dirty when you cut the eye? It's like, none of that matters. It works. Okay. You know, um, it helps. It's, it's almost like this backdoor entry to realizing everything's energy. What am I holding in my body? What am I thinking when I walk into the room? What's my, like, I feel all communication, all communication begins with some intention. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be helpful. We want to be right. We want to um, affirm that we're wrong, whatever it is. So it's like you ask yourself your intention. That intention is the energy that you are showing up with. And it has an effect. Yeah. Well, just reflecting on that and all of the self-talk we have, you know, if we're saying negative things to ourselves or are not believing in ourselves, like we become that rotten apple, you know, like our, our, our thoughts can decay what's possible or they can kind of elevate what's possible. Um, so thinking about inwardly and outwardly, uh, the, the words and the intentions, and maybe we can kind of jump into, you know, the bigger concept of, of, of love and, and how, how powerful it can be. Uh, I love what you said when, when you describe love is not a feeling. Cause as a, when you first, when I first heard you say this, it kind of struck me because I thought about my first experiences with love as like a teenage boy where it was just like, you know, blind feeling where I would be kind of, cut off from any logic or common sense, just kind of one track, like obsession, kind of teenage boy romance. Um, but when you say love is not a feeling, um, can you get into your own evolution of, of love and where your first concept of love was and, and what that understanding is now? Well, I've been swimming in the water, the philosophical water for a long time that like love is the stuff we're made of. Love is the truth. Love is the fabric of the universe. And I got that conceptually. Um, that led me to really looking at things as a trifecta, as a trinity. Because I'm, you know, those, these last few years I've been really interested in like, well, if we're made of love, if source, if God is in everything, then what about all the darkness and the challenge? And what about all the actual evil that's happening on the planet? You know, it's been going on for centuries. Um, what I've come to, we're going to like go really high and then we can go back to apples if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is in the beginning, there's, there's the word. The word is God. But in the beginning, I feel like there was light, the light of consciousness, the light of love. And from that, you have both light and you have dark. So there is light. There is life source. There is goodness, even in the dark, gritty, horrific things that happen. Like, life is still animating what's going on. It's just the darkness, that density is our own ignorance, seeing itself as separate. Like, I'm not part of this loving fabric. I'm something small and individual and unsupported. And then all these gnarly behaviors come from that perception that we're separate. You know, that's us being cast out. What happens when you're cast out? You're the sinner, you're doing no good, and it's just all downhill from there. The redemption is that 
like the darkness wakes up, like the darkness realizes like, oh, I'm from the same source. And that's when it becomes conscious of its power. And, you know, there's, there's love and everything. I don't know. That was a long way around the barn. Hmm. I can't even remember the original question. I think just like touching I on, yeah. I need beet juice right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Coming your way soon. Yeah. <laughs> just like the, the evolution of love and how, you know, we can, we can um, come from a place of understanding of what it might be like a feeling to more of like a whole body awareness. And I really yes. like, I really like what you said where it's kind of like um, we can, we can become, we can wake up to this idea of, of what love is and that really it's at the center of everything. Um, and you have this line that's great. It's an invitation that we're here to awaken our divine nature and interconnectedness. And you touched on that idea of it's not, we're not isolated insular beings like no person is an island into themselves and yet we're, we are all connected and in some ways the fabric that weaves us together is is this concept this idea that we call love but really it's mm -hmm. like that fundamental foundational energy source god whatever it might yeah. be i think what is easier to understand is that what connects us is that we all come from the same source you don't have to even believe in a higher source you can just use your intellect it's like we all got here the same way. Mm. And you can pull that out as far as you want. The reason I believe that love is foundational and it's not a feeling is because feelings come and go. And I can be loving no matter what mood I'm in. I don't I can be having a terrible day. I can be having a blood sugar issue. I can be in an argument and I can still be aware that I can say the loving thing that I can remember why we fell in love. I can still be open to receiving love. It's like, just like, it's ever present. It's always accessible. It feels very atmospheric. It's always there. Mm -hmm. It's just, and, and you know, this is how I begin how, how to be loving is, you know, I'm saying your heart is always open, actually. It's our thinking that has us believe otherwise. Like you, you are, you are born receptive. You are spacious. You can accommodate your bad mood and your partner's bad mood and the brilliance of your team and the failings of everybody. You that big, my goodness, of course. It's the mind that comes in and says, superior, inferior, right, wrong. You're bringing the past into your present. It's just a mind game that separates us. And I feel that to, to hold the belief that love is the basis and my heart is actually open and i just need to remove a few thought forms in my way you know some stinking thinking hmm. that for me feels like half the journey just like oh sorry i forgot that i was love I'm just gonna get back to it i'm gonna change my tone i'm gonna have a pleasant memory about us before this argument i'm gonna i'm gonna this is how i know i'm loving this is how i know i'm enlightened I don't say the thing. Don't say the thing. You want to say the thing. And this is what's so tricky about the wellness space, right? Is we, you know, we've all, we've all read a couple relationship books. Maybe we've gone to a couple workshops, you know? And we say the thing on behalf of a loving relationship. 
I want to, you know, we want to have intimacy. We want to move it forward. I want to connect. So I'm going to let my partner know how they could be better. Mm. It's just an ego trick of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to show you how right I am so that we can improve the relationship. My experience is that is just shadowy bullshit. And that more often than not, the love thing to do is not say the thing. Mm. What One thing that I learned from you that I appreciate is choosing loving thoughts. It's a simple rewire when I'm stuck in maybe a negative mood or angry or upset about something, choosing loving thoughts. I'll think about my, my two boys or, or something that kind of rewires love into my brain. And it's amazing how quick your mood and your outlook can change when you choose loving thoughts. Yeah. Can you kind yeah. of can, can you kind of allude on that a little bit? I think um, there's some characteristics to loving thoughts. You have to believe it. So you can't be bullshitting yourself. And maybe your loving thought, um, maybe like the best loving thought you can come up with is, uh, other people have gotten through this. I can get through it too. Maybe you're loving. Maybe you're not capable that day of like, I am healing. I am divine. It's just too big for you. Fine. You can't believe that. Just believe I'm capable of healing. And that's your loving thought. It's like just a little notch up on the frequency, you know, a loving thought is not rebellious. So, you see this a lot in the body positivity movement where um, it's kind of like, I too, I am so sexy. And it's this kind of pushback. Look, everybody should believe and feel and maybe even declare they're sexy, they're beautiful as is, absolutely. But if there's this force, this kind of proving with the loving thought, it's actually coming from your unhealed self, hmm. which is just going to create more ego and stuff. But if you can come from that whole place of yourself of like, I am so beautiful. And just find the one thing that you can believe in that day about your beauty. Uh, and then I also think there's a characteristic of there's some kind of universality to it. It's like, if, if it's loving for you, it's probably loving for a lot of other people. And the practice of this, one has to know that um, you might have 900 negative, unloving, critical thoughts a day. You're going to have to try and have 901 loving thoughts. And that the ego mind is so strong, the wound itself is so strong. Um, you might be riding high and feeling all sorts of like really legit, positive, cohesive things about yourself. And one customer can walk into your store and just hit you the wrong way. Or you can just get one text and you get thrown off. And you're just going to have to choose the next most loving thought and be the good apple. Yeah. <laughs> mm, be the good apple. Yeah. So if we're struggling, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to get out of bed or it's hard to you know, take action and we can be stuck in a rut or a dark place. Uh, what are some some starting places? Like you've talked about shame as a starting place. Can you, can you kind of allude to 
Uh, if, if we're stuck in negativity or in our shadow or depression, what are some first steps we can get to get back to self-love and being love? What if you didn't try to get out of the rut? Mm. Let's talk about that. What if you just stayed in bed without any guilt? Yes. And my experience is when I hit those slumps, if I just, you know, it's like steering in snow, just steer into the curve, right? It's just like if I go with the slump of like, oh, my body, my mind, I'm going to stay in bed. I'm going to read. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to do all the things I'm not supposed to do. I'm not going to go to yoga. I'm probably going to have some gluten-free mac and cheese <laughs> and it's going to be great. And if I do that, but this is the catch. If I do it without criticism and I'm really soft with it, the next day I am up. I'm just like, wow, that was actually a recharge. And I get everything I wanted to get done, done the next day. And I feel like, you know, the light has come to Vancouver. It's the times when I am, I'm in two places at once. I'm like, I'm in the slump and I'm criticizing myself. I should be more enlightened. I should be further along. This isn't what spirituality looks like. Oh, then it's rough. Um, but if I do want to get out of it, I have to have no criticism for being in it. And then I have to use my free will to take the hard step. So the wound wants to stay wounded. The hard step is, we all know, it's the hard step is getting out the door to get to the yoga class. And then it's all good. And then I have to remind myself that my only job, this is actually, I find this really liberating. My only job is to create conditions of healing for my life. And I want to serve and I want to be goodwill and I want to make a difference for lots of people. But if I start with me, I'm actually less of a burden on the social system. I'm way more fun to be around. And I might be able to say something useful in a podcast because I created conditions of healing for myself this morning or yesterday. Um, so what's going to be healing in that, in the slump? And the answer changes slump to slump, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that there needs to be more permission given to slump mm. because we're yeah. in such a fast-paced production results-based society that when we can't get out of bed and do all of the things that everyone expects us to do, the immediate feeling is I failed to be a good person today. I failed to show up for my team or my family or my business or whatever it is, and therefore I have failed. But if we start to reframe and say, no, the thing that you need to show up to first and foremost is yourself and look after yourself, because if you are depleted, you are not going to be a help to all of those other people around you. And I think, um, I mean, people like you are doing this work that help bring awareness to that reality that like, it's okay to slump. And, and what if the first thought wasn't like, ah, how do I get out of this? But was like, okay, let me be here for a minute and be present in this and see like, what is it going to show me? What is it going to teach me? Am I trying to do too much all at once? And am mm -hmm. I on the verge of burnout or whatever it might be? But what are some ways that you would invite people to, um, to like li live into the slump, so to speak. Like obviously the first step is like giving permission, but what are some ways that people might be able to embody and embrace those times that we typically are told like, yeah, you know, push through, 
persevere. And what, what would be like the opposite messaging of like, love yourself, do these things? Two things. One is inner child work and the other is the antidote. So can we talk about inner child? Please. Yeah. Okay. Inner child is a great term for your unhealed self. All sorts of things happened throughout our childhood that impacted us. Go to therapy, work it out. Yes. Inner child is such an effective term because whenever we say it, there's this kind of this softening. We all know what it's like to be a loving, you know, grown up to a little person. And, and you know, in my darkest period of my life, which was, of course, my greatest learning, which, of course, I don't want to ever go through again. <laughs> um, it was all about inner child work, working with my psychotherapist who had me write down five things every morning that I was going to do that day that was going to be my medicine. And she said to me, Danielle, your whole day has to be geared around the wound. And I was like, my whole day? Like, I'm a grown-up. I want to get back to my life. I, I don't want to be in this dark place. She's like, this isn't going to last. So this is another thing. The slump is not, it's not just okay to be in a slump. You are going to slump. This is life. It's like, it's like saying, oh, it's okay that it's winter. Winter's going to come. Like, this is nature. This is life happening. It's okay. It's good. It's unavoidable. So I would, write, I would write things down. They had to be the most gentle thing. Gentle is the medicine. Gentle, gentle, gentle. Um, my list one was text Shayla. That's all I was up for. My nervous system was so shot. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't do TV. I did leave the house. This is love. I did leave the house for a Def Leppard concert with my son. <laughs> my nervous system was shot. Like, this is my ultimate mothering act. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm having panic attacks. But let's go because I got you tickets, you know. We had to leave early. But text a friend. Lay on the floor. That was actually, I mean, let's just lay down on the living room floor. Do nothing. I mean, that's Shavasana. Um, take a bath, take a nap, um, eat some peaches. And that was incredibly powerful. I didn't need to go to another workshop. I didn't need to confess any sins. I didn't need to work something out with a parent. Gentle, gentle, gentle. And every time I have this conversation about inner child and someone says, oh my gosh, I talked to my inner child this morning before this meeting. And all my inner child wants is um, water and to go to the park. It is always that simple. Yeah. And then I said something else that was wise at the time, but has escaped me. Inner child and it's okay. Oh, we covered it. Yeah, got it. Amazing. I love I love that uh, acceptance of, of nature. You know, we don't get, I mean, maybe we do get resentful of, of the seasons as we were talking about the rain in Vancouver here. But we, we know that winter's coming and after winter there'll be spring and there'll be rebirth. And after that, we'll kind of reap the benefits in summer and then we'll go through it all again. So um, understanding that is, is, is beautiful. Um, even with ourselves, like the more listening to the Daniel Laportes of the world and and all of these people that I look up to as 
kind of like the the modern elders of wisdom, like the modern. I don't mean like elder in age, but the, pe- the people that are, are <laughs> thank ca- you for clarifying for, for, yeah. for passing down wisdom and teachings and, and that sort of sort of thing. There, there's a consistency that it's not all roses, you know. There, there is struggle and there is darkness to go with love, to go with celebration, to go with achievement. There is that kind of ebb and flow of of achievement and um a struggle and it's not uh we kind of see the celebration of all the achievements on instagram all the time but it's not uh the case of reality so to get these reminders i think are are profound and and something that we can walk away with knowing that this too is a season um how do you reflect on that when you're in in the spring season, when you're in harvest season in abundance? Like, is there a way to to be mindful of that and to be practice gratitude during that, knowing that there could be winter coming again? What, what's kind of an awareness practice Run. for spring? <laughs> Make hay while the sun shines. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ride it like you stole it. That's how I feel about happiness. Amazing. Uh... <laughs> uh... I do have like a bit of an apocalyptic (laughs) doom part of me that just like, this isn't going to last. Like I found this when I fell in love with my current partner who like, you know, we're, we're in it for life now. And within the first few months, I just like, I love you so much. You're going to (laughs) die. It was just, you know, and it actually became a thing. Like I started to experience some legit anxiety around it. And I had to reach out again to my, psychotherapists plural and and I was just like you know I'm like this self-aware woman this man's incredible and all I can think about is him dying and I'm actually I could clock it like he would leave my place and within 90 minutes I could actually feel this sense of anxiety and what I learned was I felt safe to finally feel that anxiety that was under the surface it was always there the relationship was just kind of the doorway into being able to clean up the stuff in my own basement and I think that's that's another thing to keep in mind in terms of seasons like you know I get have the conversation often about um especially people who are like into, you know, into personal growth. Um, Why am I getting that lesson again? Like, I thought I really forgave. I did the workshop, you know, like we're in Vancouver. So like, I did landmark. (laughs) I worked for Lululemon and I worked this out. I got over my racket. I think what happens is the soul gives us the lesson when we have like the emotional, spiritual infrastructure to take that lesson. Like there's some things, if I would have gotten them years ago, it would have really messed me up. I would have been in the psych ward. And then there's some lessons I get now. It's like, I have enough money in the bank. I could take a bit of time off if I want. I have tools. I know how to breathe. I know how to meditate. I have a community to support me through this. And if you look at it that way, then you're not as critical on yourself when the same lesson comes up again. You're just like, oh, I'm bigger and I can go deeper now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in some ways it makes sense hearing you say that because we're we're kind of hardwired to 
live and react and be a certain way. And that may or may not always serve us positively. So like even just thinking through my own life, like knowing, and as I've, I feel like in the last few years, I've really started to see my life in like new eyes where I'm like, oh, these are the things that I don't be, I'm not the best version of myself when I live this way. And it's like, wow, it took me long enough to figure it out. But then I still will create a life scenario where I, I do to myself, you know, the things with, whether it's hurry and busyness and back to back kind of stuff where I know that that doesn't serve me, but I also have this bent towards like FOMO and wanting to say yes to everything and do it all. I don't know if you've done Enneagram work, but are I'm, you a seven? I'm a seven. Yes. <laughs> totally. Right. The full enthusiast, like say yes now, ask questions later. I know you sevens. I love it. You can be like, do you want to go skydiving? naked at 7am and you guys are like yes I'm there <laughs> yes and you're like wait let me check do I have anything that day like yeah. I know it's crazy yeah. and so but realizing that that makes my life so full and so beautiful but at the same time in in like dysregulation those things that give me life will also like take it from me and it's like how come I have to keep learning this lesson but like that's who I am and so I found forgiveness for myself to say yeah of course I'm going to keep learning this lesson because this is how I live but it's it's learning it a little bit you know uh, less dramatically perhaps each time and and creating yes. space compassion softens all those edges so you don't need the whack the two by four lesson you're just like ah you just need to be late one more time you're like ah fewer things scheduled instead of you know getting fired or whatever it is yeah 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 we kind of we can kind of like we get more finely tuned and it takes less of a less of a whack to grab our attention and be like, oh yeah, this is not how I want to be living, but it's still that lesson. And so I love I love that you said, you know, creating space and graciousness for yourself to be like, why do I have to keep learning this lesson? Well, probably because we, we're going to need it, like to keep us on the path to where we go. And, and kudos to you for paying attention and hearing the lesson. That means something. I, I think in any given lifetime, you have really three to five themes. It's the same lesson over and over again. And there's really good news in that, which is it's not a lot. It's going to be repetitive, but you're going to master it. And you really get to focus. So just do those, whatever your thing is, neglect, abandonment, jealousy. It's going to be your thing probably hundred for a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you've talked about um, the spiritual practice of like focusing on the beautiful and focusing on what's good. And so the, the, the flip side of that is knowing, you know, these weak weaknesses or these things that we will struggle with or come up against, but not making that the focus, right? Like you tell the pilot, don't hit the mountain and they will fly towards the mountain. But you say, hey, fly to the open space and they'll fly to the open space, right? It's what we fixate on is the thing that we'll move towards. And, and I, I love how you talk about that, saying let's focus on what's beautiful rather than the scarcity or the fear. Can you unpack that a little bit more just in, in the theme of this conversation? This, the first time I really got this was in, was in therapy actually, um, where I saw this, uh, he's still a good friend, refers to himself as a Jubu, Jewish Buddhist. And I, you know, it was expensive. So I was expecting like some deep methodology and I walked into his office and he just shrugged and said, so, what's working? I was like, what? Like <laughs> all your PhDs and like, that's it. And it really is it. And then I would hear it from shamans. It's like, Danielle, a strong mind focuses forward. 
strong mind focus. We bend so we do not break. And I just, ah, that's it. And that's, I know that my, my lesson is because I'm a four on the, four on the Enneagram. So we will always find the reason to be melancholy. We love the shadow. I love Oh my God, I love talking about suffering because I'm so interested. I'm so committed to getting out of suffering for humanity. I want to talk about it all day. And also if four walks into the room, you want to have a four on your team because we're always like, here's what's wrong. Here's what needs to improve. But it can be a downer. So my lesson is um, what's working? How are we the same? What's the gift here? Like, there's no spiritual bypass there for me. Like, I know what's wrong. I just want to find the gift. And then I've learned a lot about this, just basic romance counseling and all the things. It's just like, praise him. Praise your man. And it's not, it's this, you know what? That's not a masculine feminine thing. Just praise the child. Praise yourself. I think so many of us have so many critical mind tapes on rewind over and over again about why we're not enough of this, that, or the other. And then my experience has been, so this is also like mystically backed, but this is lived for me, is that whatever isn't working, if I focus on what's working, whatever isn't working starts to dissolve whether it's the shitty relationship pattern where you're always picking on the same thing don't pick on that focus on this and the little thing they stop doing it i stop doing the thing that contributes to the thing and i think the practice of you know quote always be seeing the beauty is you being a creator with a capital create. You see it all and you're going to focus on that. And I, I, I walk through this sequence and how to be loving about love, light, and power. Because you hear this so much in the wellness space of like love and light. And I'm down with that. I've signed a lot of emails, <laughs> love and light. But like love is our consciousness. Love is our true nature. It's our original self our substance if i point my true self my real self my genuineness in a particular direction it turns into light i'm being conscious of who i am of who you are and i'm i'm giving you the benefit of my consciousness so love given is light and then power i mean real power is just like I just want to do that all the time. Yeah. Imagine all these apples that we can be preserving just with all of this loving intention, you know? Johnny Appleseeds of love. Imagine all the juice you would get. There we go. There we go. I mean, that's how we juice. We just put all the love into intention into each, each bottle. So... Um, just to pivot things a little bit before we wrap up, um, a popular theme is uh, manifestation, you know? wanting to to create and, and live in the best life that we can. And you talk about manifestation as a technology. Can can you tell us about manifestation as a technology? 
Yeah. I have to give a preface. Not anybody can manifest just anything all the time. We have limitations, duality, all that there's things. I do believe that every single person on the planet can feel deeply fulfilled, connected, loved, and blessed. Okay. So there's that. Because, you know, and that's really my way of taking smack out of all the manifestations work workshops are just like, you know, 10 steps to everything you want in 21 days. And just like, <laughs> wow. that's so, that's actually delusional yes. to think that you can create anything you want, but we can create a lot of amazing things. And I believe in miracles. So I'm all for miracle thinking. This is the basic technology of manifesting. You come up with a vision, you get sensual with that vision you can see it. You feel, you close your eyes, you feel it. You're sitting, you're standing on the podium. You smell the air. The sun is shining, right? All right. So you're entraining all of your energy bodies and your psychology into this. And you're really sending a signal out to the, to the energy field that this is happening. I'm just going to walk into it. It's like Carl Jung said, you know, you throw the dream out in front of you and you just walk towards it. You have to treat it like it's a seed. So one reason we don't get what we want that's, you know, gettable is we just like have a bucket list or we do a vision board one weekend and it was like totally powerful and we leave it. Well, that's not how gardening works. You have to attend to it. So we attend to it with our attention. You sit with that vision every day. You go for you go for a walk on the seawall. You see it, you feel it, you smell it, you give thanks, it's happened. You're just trusting. You don't have to keep checking to see if it's cooked. Just leave the stove closed. The universe is baking it for you, right? So <clears throat> anybody can do that. We all know people or we've been that person. We use the tool. We had the vision. We manifested it. It doesn't mean we're manifesting from the heart. And this is what I'm really interested in. Doesn't mean we have a vision that's aligned with higher purpose and soul. Because we all know people who manifested the car and the and the bucks and the company, and they still are broken. And they're doing it because they just want their dad to say, son, you're a success. I'm proud of you. So the wounded self, the ego self can manifest just as well as the healed self, the heart can manifest. And what I'm interested in is heart-centered manifesting, where we use the technology and it's inclusive. So imagine everybody having vision boards where instead of just, in addition to having photos of you know, you on the altar getting married or the podium or this, the stack of cash, you had photos of green forests and the Amazon in lushness again, or happy neighborhoods. And the trick here, this is, so this is what I want to add. Do all that manifesting technology and then ask yourself how your fulfillment, you getting that is going to benefit other people. You can still have the car. You can still want to make your first six figures, although not everyone wants to be a billionaire, which is so gross. Um, you can still want to meet your soulmate, all those things. But on behalf of the collective, like when I'm in love, 
I'm going to be of more service to people. When I have this fast car, I'll be happier. I'll be healthy. I'll be able to give more money away, whatever it is. You've got to include other people in the vision of your happiness. Ideally. Yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. It comes back to that idea uh, of all of our interconnectedness and that what's yeah. good for me ought to be good for for the rest of us and how can i use how can i use my privilege and gain and the things that i've you know orchestrated or manifested into my life to help those around me and that's i mean that's just a far more again coming back on these themes of like beauty that's a far more beautiful picture than like i want a nice house the car the loaded bank account and you know tropical vacations like those things mm -hmm. in and of themselves aren't bad or wrong but they fall short yeah. of a more holistic and beautiful vision for everything and everyone. And if we're creating happy, healthy communities, you know, we're creating these pockets of blue zones that are, are regenerative and, and sustainable for, you know, our generation and future generations to kind of create an ecosystem of, of happiness and possibility. So I, I love including that, that kind of global or community sense toward manifestation instead of just making it all about the me, 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 the I, I, I. And I've had hundreds, you know, I wrote a book about goal setting. And so I've had so many conversations about what happened when you crushed it and you got there and you slay there. And, you know, it's staggering how many people set the goal, they nailed it and were just like, meh. Uh, but the goals that come from this, like, synthesized vision the fulfillment is so much it's different it's actual fulfillment and i noticed that ego-centered goals when you pull it off there's still this striving it's like got it you don't feel the sense of fulfillment you actually kind of lose sleep that night because you're like what's the next thing whereas the heart-centered goal setting when you get there there is actually this deeper relaxation I'm just like, I'm here. We did it. There is a sense of celebration. And the next vision, the next goal, because yeah, let's keep expanding, comes from that sense of satisfaction. So you're baking satisfaction into your future. It's, it's very quantum, guys. Yes. Very quantum. Well, yeah. I, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, it, it kind of like uh, maybe a little bit cheekily, but maybe not is like the billionaires that I can think of off the top of my head, most of them were probably ego driven. And if you ask them today, like, are you truly deeply at your true, like most authentic, honest version of yourself satisfied with your life right now? Probably most of them are billionaires because the answer is no. Yes. Well, I think their minds have been so hijacked. They would say yes, but it's delusional. And yeah. what's so sad is, those, you know, those of the billion dollar stature, at least the ones we know of, because there are many in the 1%. Um, what do we know about, you know, what are they known for? Just the billions, not like, like they could all end poverty. They could all clean up the drinking water for indigenous Canadians and in Flint, Michigan. Like that is not where this is headed. They're, you know, we could go on. They're trying to get us off the planet. Why don't we fix the one we have? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. said before, when uh, when Jeff Bezos from Amazon did his venture into space, there was an online petition that went around that you could sign that was like petition, worldwide petition to not let him back. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. I, I may or may not have added my email. Uh, I submit no, no re-entry. Yeah, but um, maybe, maybe as we as we draw towards a close, I'd love to end. Speaking of, you know, what's often thought of like otherworldly stuff, and I've heard, I've heard even in in this conversation today, kind of snippets of of deep spirituality and I would even say like eclectic spirituality that that you've yeah. shared um, you know I, I've worked uh, for a number of years in like church circles and have done the work uh, in ministry as like a pastor and have, have kind of been someone who's always seen maybe a, or seen as a bit of a black sheep in terms of the way I walked and worked in that space um, but I, I heard you mention you know in the beginning was the word this John 1 verse and the logos or the logic this the speaking of God or one of my favorite favorite theologians Rob Bell says words create worlds and I feel like that's something that you would you would resonate with but um, you can take this in any any direction you'd like but I'm really curious as to know and we love to go spiritual on this podcast it's like what what is your relationship with God or the divine or source what does that look like and how does that inform your uh, act of self-love and love towards others Well, I find even the question really moving. Yeah, it just gets to like the gets to my core. Um, it's a lot better than it used to be. <laughs> so, and I still struggle with this because this is one of my, you know, three to five themes. This life is a kind of a punitive ideology that if I don't get it right, I will be punished. And so I replaced Catholicism with the new age where I just like, well, it's not, you know, it's not this God deity that'll punish me. It's my karma that will get me. And that really had me like striving and just like excessive spiritual practice. Like one more meditation, a longer meditation. I'm going to pray. Everything had to be a prayer. I'm going to pray when, what prayer am I going to do around the seawall while I'm doing dishes, all the things, you know? And I, it's still really a thing, not as extreme as it used to be. Um, it's created this, uh, at one time I'd say it, at its height, really had this inner battlefield. And the, bat- the battlefield I realized was a homecoming where... Maybe I need juice, but I'm feeling really teary about this today. (laughs) Um, I realize that God doesn't want, not only does God not want to punish me, but like I am the beloved. You know, I'd say like the other theme is for me is like punitive and abandonment. And the healing is to realize like, um, God is not only not punitive, God is for me. Life is designed to support me, to not to keep me more than alive, just but to God, life is for my thriving. And I've had some deep experiences of realizing that the divine actually wants my pain. I'm not alone. And it was, I'll give, give you the nutshell version, but just like a revelation that there was this pain that my psychotherapist couldn't get to, or the guy I was seeing or my best friends, no one could just really scratch that itch. And I just like, I just, I think I have to give it to God. And, and I noticed 
that I felt unworthy. Like I felt like I had to put a bow on my suffering. I had to dress it up before I handed it over to get some relief, you know? And I just kind of rolled the dice and I was like, I got to give this to you because I don't know where else I'm going to give it to you. I'm on my knees. Take the suffering. And it was very clear to me that I don't know if I heard something or, but it's just like, I've been waiting for you to give me this pain. And I rejoice in receiving this pain. I can transmute that. And so my relationship to God is very much like my relationship as a mother to my child. And I feel this has been the greatest gift of parenting. There's been so much like great music and guitar and all those things. But I know that source loves me the way I love my child much more perfectly and impeccably. But if I could, I would take my child's pain. You know, like we all who wouldn't, you know, they come to you and you're just like, oh, if I could take your cold, I would take your cold. If I could take what they said on the school, I would take it. And it gives me joy to do that. It's my job. I like it more than anything is the, my power to transmute suffering into revelation and love. And I, the final note on this is I now am very much better uh, at grammar and um, seeing God in everything. So it's become much less, he has become much less localized for me. And just, I see God now more as like shimmers in water and in your toque, which only the Canadians will understand. And in the, and in my suffering and the relationship and all the things, just like, it's all God. And it gives me more to rely on, less to cling to, because no deity is going to save me, but more to lean on. Thank you for asking. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And it, it resonates deeply for sure. Yeah. I love that part about, um, you know, relating it to your own experience as a parent, because I think that rings true, whether you're a parent of a child or you have an animal, you know, if you have, if you're the caretaker of, um, you know, an animal or a person, of course we would take their suffering. You know, if, if we, if I see one of my sons in pain, I would do anything to take their suffering. I, I, I suffer because I want them not to suffer. You know, I would, I would take that in, in a minute. So I think kind of taking that micro lens and, and going as macro as the experience of God is just so beautiful and profound. So, so thank you for that. And, and, and just extreme gratitude and appreciation for for your time today and, and just for the work that you create in the world. Your all of your books are are incredible and the lessons and teachings are, are deep and lifelong and I look forward to continuing to follow your podcast and, and your writings and and just wherever your path is taking you. Um, before we let you go, uh, we do have one question that we ask uh ask all of our, our guests and I'll, I'll let Dean uh, kind of close things out here for, for this conversation. I love these, the classic closer. Okay. It's, the, yes. it's the closer and it's related. It's related to uh, the podcast itself. Like Zach and I, when we started this creative endeavor, we were like, what do we want to do? Like why, why start a podcast? And we wanted to have 
inspiring and meaningful conversation with people like yourself who is just, you know, they're up to cool stuff in the world and making a meaningful impact. And uh, we're out on a run one day and Zach's like, what if we called it a little more good? Because that's kind of like what we want to do in the world. We want to create that in our own lives and share that. And so that was the name. It just stuck and we knew like, yes, this is it. But we always love to hear from our guests. Like, what does that phrase, that sentence, what does that mean to you? A little more good. Yeah, everything. Like that's the spiritual journey. Just a little more good today. A little more good in the conversation. A little more good in my relationship to spirit, body, food. A little more good. And keep going. We want to get struck by lightning sometimes. We want everything to turn around the 10 steps. The We like so want the answer that's going to fix everything. And really, evolution, this is it. True power, the real stuff, is about a little more good. Adds up. Amazing. Thank you so much, Danielle. We, we so appreciate you and uh, look forward to future conversations together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is delightful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, all right. Feeling all the love. All the love. Yeah, Daniel Laporte, so lovely. Yeah. I really liked how, I mean, no no surprise here. I liked how we took kind of that turn towards spirituality at the end and, and the questions about like, yeah, love and, and God and all of this stuff. That was that was so fun. And, and we really even had a kind of cool post-pod chat about some of that stuff. So look forward to even maybe the return of Danielle Laporte. Yes. That would be so fun to have her back and just zero in on some of these things in, in kind of a deep dive way. But really, really, really um, enjoyed that conversation. So grateful for her, the work that she does, the time that she gave us. And um, grateful for you for uh, showing up, listening, tracking through, wanting to be a more loving version of yourself. Yes, if you'd like to support this podcast, the best way to do so is to leave a review, uh, share a comment, write a comment, wherever you listen to your podcast, share it with a friend, neighbor, whoever you think needs a little more love in their life. You can also support this podcast by supporting our sponsors, Athletic Greens. athleticgreens.com slash more good gets you a little extra goodness a year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs so if you enjoy this weekly dose of goodness uh, please do uh, leave a review and support our sponsors so that we can keep spreading the good word yeah all right until next tuesday stay good y'all peace